The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd. I'm the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank. Mari's been an attorney mediator for 26 years, and during that time she's resolved thousands of disputes as a neutral conflict healer. She's a member of the Orange County Superior Court Mediation Panel, and she's been a law professor of negotiations and mediation and presently teaches negotiations right here at UCI. She's the author of Negotiations Breakthroughs and co-author of Stepping Stones to Success and several other books. To listen to previous interviews, see upcoming guests, download podcasts, and learn more, visit www.conflicthealing.com. So, Mari, what's your show about today? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about conflict management coaching, which is so important because we can do that professionally, but also once we learn how to do it, we can help each other to be coaches in conflict management. And it's so important because it's a natural thing, isn't it? Conflict is natural. People have different perspectives. People people have different uh, sensitivity. So we are so thrilled that we are going to be interviewing today Cindy Noble, who is the author of these two wonderful books that I've been reading. One is called Conflict Management Coaching, The Synergy Model by Cindy Noble. And the other one is Conflict Mastery, Questions to Guide You. So let me tell you a little bit about her wonderful background. She comes to us from Toronto, Canada. She is a former social worker and she's a lawyer and mediator. And she studied and practiced in the field of conflict management for over 20 years. She has a master's in law in alternative dispute resolution and she's a professional certified coach. Cindy is also the president of Noble Solutions, Inc., which is a full-service firm that provides a wide range of conflict management services. And she and her associates provide service through this wonderful company called Synergy Coaching. She is the author of six books, and her her most recent one is Conflict Mastery, Questions to Guide You. And she is got a website that you can find out more about all of her teaching, her books, her workshops at SynergyCoaching.com or uh, ConflictMastery.com. So either one of those. And of course, you can find out more about her at ConflictHealing.com, which is our website where you can see her picture, her bio, the you the uh, JPEG of her book, and we link to her URL as well. So we are so thrilled that you joined us this morning all the way from Toronto. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, Cindy, you have, we were just talking before we went on the air that you and I are kind of soul sisters with the same um, motivation and excitement and inspiration for conflict resolution and conflict management. So let's talk a little bit about how is it that you move from one career to the next career? How did that all evolve? (laughs) 
Well, I know. I, I think sometimes, how did that all cause it happen? And uh, it happened, of course, over time. I don't think that I knew when I was you know, a, a young person that I wanted to be a, um executive coach and that I would develop a model for coaching people to find their way through conflict. Uh, it really started uh, as a social worker, and uh, I then went on to start the first travel agency in Canada for people with disabilities, because oh. all my work was around people with disabilities. And uh, I learned as I developed that program in a, in a business where I really didn't have much sense of business, but I learned, I knew a lot about people with disabilities through my work, uh, that I became a very good advocate, and that led to law, and ultimately, uh, me realizing, as probably a lot of us do, who shift from law into alternate careers, like mediation, that there was another way to manage conflict than the ones that I was, one I had been finding as a lawyer. And so that all evolved to me looking at the need for a one-to-one process that didn't exist at the time, other than ombuds people, to help people uh, deal with conflict and the development of the synergy model of conflict management coaching. And so I'm, I'm happy to say I'm a pioneer in that, in this particular specialty, which is a coaching specialty and a specialty for um, people in the alternate dispute resolution field. Right. And as mediators, especially when we're in the mediation process, we are kind of coaching each of our clients so that they can present their interests in a way that they can get those interests met and they can reach out and listen and do all the things that they need to do to get the other side to engage with them. So basically, we are negotiating with all of our disputants and we're coaching them like gee you know present it this way or try try to do this in a a different way that's going to get your needs met and get the other party's needs met so yeah we're we're constantly uh, enlightening and coaching and to to help people to resolve their own conflicts and coaching them to resolve their own conscience conflicts is such a better way than just going to court or having a third party make a decision or having a boss fire you because you weren't able to resolve your conflict, right? Well, in fact, one of the things that I found out through all of this is that a lot of people, uh, my clients, wouldn't even contemplate mediation. So while I'm a mediator and support it, many people want to figure out how to handle things by themselves and do not really want to have a third party. They want to learn and build their conflict competence in order to be better at managing conflict, not just the dispute they might come to see me about, but more durable than that. And so while mediators do a form of coaching, the field of professional coaching um, is, is its own entity and has certain has, has core competencies and code of conduct and its own its whole discipline about how to coach, which isn't exactly like what I would right, say that right. do. Yeah, exactly. And the whole goal is to empower these clients so that they can deal with conflict whenever it comes up, whether it comes up at home or with their business partner or their boss or whomever, to be a, a conflict resolver. You're coaching people to really be enlightened, which is wonderful. Right. So let's talk about um, a little bit about the conflict coaching and kind of give an example to our our audience so that they understand what the coaching is really all about. Well, I'll give you a general overview and then a, a few, an example that would, 
would describe this in a little more detail. So people retain a coach for uh, who, does, who specializes in this field for a number of reasons. It could be before a conflict has evolved, and they're anticipating, oh, my gosh, I have to tell this situation, this story to my my partner or my coworker or my staff members, and I just know they're going to escalate. For instance, it could be a performance review or it could be a hard decision that was reached by an organization. Um, <clears throat> it could even be, uh, I recently had a case where the um, siblings of uh, three siblings approached me because their other two siblings and they were ha- at odds about some, <clears throat> pardon me, some decision being made around mom's care. And they wanted help. They anticipated that when they raised an issue, that it was going to cause an issue. And so they wanted to be better prepared to deliver the messages. They did not want mediation. They themselves wanted it. One of them was going to be delegated to have the difficult conversation. So that's a before example. Right. It, it could be during. So sometimes people retain it because they are in the middle of some dispute happening. It could be in any context. Uh, but an example might be a, um, a manager who approached me about a dispute he was having with one of his peers around some decision-making on a joint project. They were in the middle of it. They were arguing a lot. And he said, I've got to stop this. We're, I, we've derailed our conversation. I've got to figure out a way to get off this, this merry-go-round. And so that's a, that's a during. Right. And, and after are, are people who are not resilient. They're not they're not uh, bouncing back after conflict, and they're saying, I, I keep wishing I had done, or I, I never do this, and they want to learn more about uh, how they could manage situations of this nature because they are habits and patterns in their life, and they want to do them differently. Right. So those are three you know, broad strokes of before, during, after, and also the one other one is that people just simply come because they say, I, I've, I've had it with conflict. I don't know how to deal with it. There's not just one dispute. There are many. And they are building their conflict intelligence, is how I refer to it, as, as how, how might they be better at being problem solvers and conflict managers. Right. So when you sit down as the conflict coach, um, so what are some of the things, let's say that um, I was the, the person who was in charge of dealing with the, the mom issue, for example. You know, three of us, three of us siblings agreed on certain care for mom and two of us didn't. So what, how would you approach that with me if I well, was the one who was going to be the one to have to explain to the other two siblings that we want to put mom in this assisted care place or whatever? Um, so the person or persons who come to me are the people that have got a goal about what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So the three siblings that came to me all are on the same page. They want to, they want to approach the other two sibs. Uh, there's right. five altogether. And so they were going to delegate one of them. So the goal might be... So it, it, coaching is a very goal-oriented process. It's all future-oriented. It's action. So what do people want to do? So in this example... Um, they were deciding on who was going to do the conversation. That was very easy because one of them uh, sort of stepped up and they were, the other two were relieved. And the goal was <laughs> right. how, how to have a conversation that, will, will, that they will be able to deliver what their view is and be able to respond appropriately and not antagonistically and defensively about the anticipated pushback they know they're going to get. So it was about having a conversation and wanting help with how to frame it, 
how to react, how to respond, etc. Right. And so would you role play with them and be her or be the No. No, in, in fact, I do what I call rehearsals. I don't use the expression role play, and I never act as the other person. Um, the client acts as both parties. I see. Because she or he always knows what the other person is likely to say. I don't. Right. And no, so I was wondering if, if, they, if you would be you know, your client and then your client be the other person because you don't know the other person. No, because partly what you're doing is helping the person express what they're going to say in a way that is aligned uh, with how they want to come across. Uh-huh. So they, they will give me criteria. For instance, somebody will say, well, I want to be firm but friendly, and I'll say, what does that look like, and you know, provide a sentence about what that sounds like, so that when they start to rehearse it, they're being them, and they're, no- they're noticing where their energy is and whether they are coming out in the way they really want to because I've been, I've been given the feedback, uh, the, the criteria to give them feedback. Right. And so then they are better able to. It's not just content, right? It's how you come across. And right. That, uh, that's what they're wanting to learn because most, most people who come to me, if a conversation is something they want, um, they're in front of me because they've tried and it hasn't worked and they're trying right. to change it. So it's up to them to figure that out. Right, right. With my help and my push, my my input. Right. Do you ever videotape them so they can see it right away, or for them to kind um, of see what goes on? Totally up to the client. You know, it, it's a client-driven process, and I'll ask people if they want to do that. Um, in this case, uh, the two sibs were there, and they were able to also give feedback. And you know, oh, that's what always gets you into trouble. And so they didn't need the video. And um, uh, but, but you know, it depends on the person. Not everybody's comfortable with that. And I think yeah, it's just yeah. a, their process. Right, right. So for my audience, how would you describe conflict? Well, how would I describe conflict? So, I, you know, I think the starting point for me in conflict that it takes only one person to be in conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might feel something about somebody else. They don't know that. But I will treat them according to... Um, the fact that, that that's how I'm feeling. I have, some, I have some feelings about them, and that's going to come out. So it's at least one person that uh, perceives something's amiss. Um, uh, it's about incompatibilities between how one person views their, her, his own perspectives and uh, needs and goals as opposed to the other person's. Um, the, it, it, it also involves a definition, I would say, that they are negative and unsettling emotions that are prevailing and preoccupying. And typically, fault-finding is part of the interrelational dynamic. Right. And um, there's often external and internal reactions. The real, so there's, there's a number of points about how I would define conflict, and I think uh, consistent amongst all definitions and all people that I've ever coached or done mediation with is that people want to do something about it. And uh, that, that to me, is an underlying uh, principle. Right, (laughs) that it's uncomfortable, that they want to get beyond it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So you developed the synergy model of conflict management coaching, it looked like 15 years ago. So how did you actually create the technique? Well, that was very interesting. I had studied uh, coaching by this time and was on my way to get my certification. And And the classic coaching framework is... Here's where the client is when they come in, and that'll be the left side, and on the right side is where they want to be. So we see this you know, tangent between 
here they are and where they want to be. And coaching the gap is that space in between. <clears throat> and in order to get there, the co- a client, the coach helps the client gain different perspectives uh, through questioning techniques, support, uh, dialogue. Uh, and then once people start to look at things differently, then it's a matter of looking at, well, what are your options? What, are you, what actions can you take? And what challenges will there be? I knew that classic framework from my training, and I took it and tried to apply conflict management principles to that coaching model. And I experimented. I went to many organizations that I had worked with already as a mediator and facilitator, and I contacted people who were not in organizations, but I might have met in another context. And I tried things out with them on a one-to-one basis first, and then six weeks later we all met. And I started only with 12, and eventually I had uh, over 52 people. And, um, and it was a matter of me experimenting with what I had learned and what I was learning about coaching them using the framework, but adding conflict management uh, under, underlying it. And it really was, it was, not, it, was, uh, it was intentional on one hand. I was really trying to figure out a framework. Uh, but on the other hand, I was letting the, the people, the study groups, uh, sort of lead me to tell me what worked for them and what didn't work for them to get where mm. they wanted to be. Uh-huh. And it was it was amazing. It was very powerful, very exciting, and they were they loved being part of it and were able to help me frame the whole model in the end, which which still has that framework I told you about, but it also, uh, as I found out, also has neuroscience principles in it as well as coaching. What a mutual gain that was for everybody. No, totally. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about the stages of the Synergy model. Um, There are seven stages. So Synergy, Uh (coughs) C-I-N-E-R-G-Y, for the listeners. I could take off on Synergy. Right, take off on Synergy and your name, right? (laughs) Perfect, I love it. I know, it felt kind of hokey at one point, but then I thought, well, it kind of works. So C is the clarifying the goal. So that's always the starting point, and it's, it's... finding out what the person wants. Now, their goals, their goals could change over the course of dealing with people because I coach uh, four to six uh, times with one person around disputes, and that is an hour each. And, um, and with, when they're dealing with conflict competence, it could go on for months, but when they're dealing just with a dispute, I would add, say four to six weeks, an hour per session, and this is, so you don't, I don't get to the whole model in one session. Right. And it always starts with the C clarify the goal, but that goal could change over four to six weeks. Right. The I stage is inquire about the situation, and that really is about what, what is it that brought you here? What is the situation that brought you to coaching, and what, what are you hoping to achieve here? Uh, the end stage is name the elements, and the elements are parts of conflict. They are what I found out in my study with the groups over time. And it took me a little over a year with all that w- the work of developing the model and, and interviewing people um, to find out how people best analyze their conflicts. And I discovered after, you know, I'd been in the field about 20 years at the time, um, maybe a bit less, but I had never really discovered the sort of trajectory we all go on when we are triggered and provoked by somebody. And I, I followed that, uh, the stories that people told about their, their conflicts, and developed a construct, which I call the not so merry go round of conflict, which really trails 
the natural sequences that we go through once we're provoked. And when I took that and then said to the client in the study group, what, if you did this same trajectory looking at what you observed about the other person, could you do it? And they could. And by doing so, they started to get what they had done. They're part of it. Mm-hmm. By looking at it more like it's a pattern, not a fault. There's nobody to blame. We all have different ways of dealing with conflict. Right. And by people being able to observe it and talk about it, it, it helped move them to the reflective parts of their brain in a way that I had never anticipated, and it's very powerful. And so that construct, which I later found out, actually when I was writing the book, inadvertently found out that uh, two scientists, neuroscientists from California had tracked, uh, in, in terms of looking at emotional regulation, the same kind of trajectory that happens when people are provoked. They use a different language, but conceptually it was the same. So I was thrilled to find out that what I had discovered by experience in, in my layman's ways really had a, um, you know, had some other underlying principles. Oh, did, did you talk to them? Did you talk to the neuroscientists about No, it? I didn't. I, re- I was reading um, uh, some articles. Uh, I, was, I was quite interested in neuroscience. I t- attended a number of workshops. And I was reading an article that, that uh, one of them had written about what they had done, and I was just stunned to see, see what was there. Great minds run along the same path. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. So after that, uh, 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 just to quickly tell you the rest of the, of the model, yeah. after the end yeah. stage, then people start to look at E is to explore their options. So their different perspectives are gained in the end stage, and the E stage is now what are the actions. So what are the options that you're going to take and the pros and cons of them? And the R stage is then, well, let's make them happen. So that could be a conversation. But people could have three options, and they don't know which ones are going to work. So the R stage is reconstruct uh, the situation. It's all about uh, how will you, what will you do differently in this situation that's different from when, when you've had issues with, with this other person or other people, and what, what are your options? How are they going to look? So it could be everything from having a conversation to acting differently to writing an email, any kind of action, and they, they explore them in the E stage, but the R stage, they could figure them all out until they're settled on which one really works for them. They don't have to have come into that step with one. Uh, and then they do that until they're comfortable, confident that they are acting consistently with how, how they want to be or they're thinking the way they want to think. Um, so a lot of work done on people really reflecting closely on who they want to be in the conflict going forward. The G stage is ground the challenges, so that's what will get in the way of you proceeding. And the Y stage, which ends every session is really just a closure. You know, what have you learned? What have you gained? What are your insights? What are you going to do now? Um, so it's, it's always a closure step that happens because people often work between sessions on something they've learned or gained and want to have more of before they meet again. Yeah, being practi- practicing. And it sounds like they are really going to have to be mindful as they go through the stages, being really mindful of what they're doing, what they're saying, what they're thinking, and also the reaction of the other party. So. Right. Well, because they don't have the party in front of them, they are being called on to be very, to use your word, and I agree with it, very mindful, very present, very aware of what they anticipate could be the issues so that they're prepared for them. And, you know, when clients, I always evaluate um, my clients, coaching clients, 
or ask them for some feedback afterwards. How do things go? And some people will say, a lot of people will say, well, it wasn't exactly how I anticipated, but I felt so much more confident. Uh, most, most people will say, but everything I thought they were going to say, they said. Uh, so, you know, it's, that's why it's so important for them to play it out, because that's what they're worried about, you know. Right, right. And they, they know them well enough that if they really think about it and step into the other party's shoes a little bit, too, that'll, that'll help them to know how they're going to respond. Exactly. So, so was there anything that really surprised you that you learned about people in conflict as you went through this whole process and this evolution? Oh, yes. I learned so much about people in conflict that I hadn't known after being a lawyer and mediator and working in all kinds of capacities that I, that I hadn't. And, you know, besides the, what we had talked about earlier, that people just want to, it to stop. You know, that there's a, there's a certain overwhelming feeling. It, it, it's, uh, it prevails in a way that creates emotions that, that have a huge impact on people's well-being. And that, that was really important for me to see. I also learned a lot that people are often ashamed of themselves when they're in conflict, and they walk away, uh, and when they come to see me, they wish they'd said something differently. They don't know how they ever got into something like they did. Um, it's it's uh, taken over a lot of, of energy in a way that they feel really embarrassed about. Uh, and generally, because of history and, and habits that people have created, there's a lot of fear about conflict in the first yes, place. Yes, yes. And that was, uh, it, I don't think it surprised me, but when I was able to meet with these people, the study groups, and now coach people over the years, I keep hearing the, the many, many fears. And it really takes courage to step up to conflict and to, and to, to learn how to do it differently and to, and to shift habits that, that you've learned. They may not be the best habits, but they're the ones that you've lived with. And, uh, and to shift that takes, takes a lot of guts and, and commitment. Yeah. You know, um, I do a workshop with a therapist and it's called the gift in conflict (laughs) because really and truly when you get to the other side of the conflict, it was such a gift. It was a gift of growth to you, a gift of growth to the other party, maybe a gift of growth of the relationship, or it's some incredible transformation when you get through it. And that's what you help people to do, to get that gift in conflict, to get that transformation, to get that resolution, to get that peace of mind and peace in their heart. So, yeah, it's just wonderful. So we just have a couple minutes left. So I'd like to just ask you, what would you like to leave my listeners with by way of a final comment? Sorry? I said, we're just about out of time, so would you like to give us an idea of what you'd like us to, to know about conflict? Something oh, to I'm leave sorry. us I didn't with? Oh, that yeah. part. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I guess all I can say is that we've got a choice. Uh, we can do conflict effectively. We can do it ineffectively. And I refer in my Conflict Mastery book uh, to Platinum Moments of Choice. It's really about observing ourselves and knowing when we are about to shift away from the person we want to be and that we have a choice to be different, to be more effective, to align with our values and to treat people the way they like to be treated and in a way that is is compatible, not uh, unproductive and destructive. Right, right. It's wonderful. So we have been speaking with Cindy Noble, 
who is the author of Conflict Mastery, Questions to Guide You, I love it, and Conflict Management Coaching, The Synergy Model by Cindy Noble. And Cindy, why don't you just give your website, and then it's going to be time to go. Okay, the website is www.synergy, that's C-I-N-E-R-G-Y, coaching, C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G, synergycoaching.com, or www.conflictmastery, just as it sounds, Well, thank you so much, and we just appreciate all the great work that you're doing in this world to just make conflict a gift and to be really a prescription for healing conflict. So we will keep in touch, and we'll have you back again. Okay, Cindy? I look forward to it. Thank you so much. Okay. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Intervine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here, and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Write us emails about what's important to you, questions you have, and listen to us every Monday morning. Thanks. It's about trust. Yeah, yeah. It's about faith. It's about trust. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.